ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the ABC's of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series, Greek, episode by episode. In our previous episode, we said that we were going to shout out some of our five-star reviewers. So we're going to shout out two of you right now. Super Slaw and Forever Chaotic Heart. Love, love the names. Thank you so much for your five-star reviews. Seriously, it means so much to us, you guys, and it really helps the pod. Um, So keep leaving those reviews and we will keep shouting you guys out. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys. And we hope that you all enjoyed the episode last week with Jess Phillips. It was a good one. Yes. So this week we're recapping episode 11, The New Normal, and the original air date was March 24th, 2008. So they clearly took like a hiatus um, after that mid-season finale, which I think is shown. Everyone has fresh highlights. They all look rested. Um, They're all tan. They're all tan. tan. I noticed it immediately. Immediately. Like... Uh, Spencer Grammer looks so refreshed. She has like a little yeah trim. You know her hair's blonder <laughs> and rusty. Um, she they Casey and Rusty are both absolutely glowing. Well, you know Chicago in the winter is notoriously a good place to get a tan. Right. So the IMDb summary for this episode is: New stricter rules for students are implemented. The new sorority president Casey. I think we know her. Suggests a back to school <laughs> carnival. Rusty and Casey still deal with breakups. And it was directed by Michael Lang and written by Patrick Sean Smith, Jessica O'Toole, and Amy Rarden. All right, let's dive into it. So the episode starts out with Casey and Rusty driving back to Cypress Roads. On the radio, we hear the weather is clear and sunny, as it always is in Ohio. And it starts off with Casey throwing out uh, the mixtape that Rusty keeps listening to that Jen K had given him. And she said, you can't take it anymore with his, quote, psychotic Jen K moping. And they get into this conversation about the um, empowerment positions with the dumped versus the dumpy. And Rusty is saying like, I don't know how you can do it. I'm the one who dumped Jen and I feel helpless, empathetic and basically going on and on. And Casey's like, okay, yeah, thanks. Like it is definitely very hard, Rusty. And then she is telling him about how she's going on an Evan or how she went on an Evan purge over um, the break. And that's probably when she got the most sun when she was inside Mm -hmm. just watching Oprah and cleansing highlights right (laughs) and she tells Rusty that he needs to do the same because quote we are starting anew the Cartwright siblings I must call them the Cartwright twins (laughs) Mm -hmm. the Cartwright siblings are refreshed and ready to go and we get the feeling when she throws that like it's either a cassette or a CD unclear when she throws it out the window that this is literally all that she's been hearing for the past four weeks that they've been home together because she's like, I can't listen to this again. So that's all that Rusty has been playing is this mixtape. 
I miss mixtapes. Now, what, what was a, the song? Did you guys like recognize the song? I don't know, but I'd say there's some plain white tees on that uh, mixtape. So they arrive at campus and they see that the ZBZ house is vandalized. So clearly there's still hatred about the article and everything that happened and the consequences for the Greek community um, directed at the ZBZs. And Casey says, Oprah, help me. The ZBZs are the object of Greek life's ire at this point like everyone is taking out everything that's come to light on the cbc's yeah right. what does house say it's like written in like red paint it says like I something scary it. i couldn't read it but it looks scary and the house is usually so pristine it was very disturbing to see it like that yeah <laughs> probably a tripod oh if i had to bet probably a tripod honestly so then we cut to Cappy's room in the Capitol house and he and Rebecca are having a tickle fight I'm not it's not helping me warm up to the idea of them I'll say that I I don't love their vibe it's really it's creeping me out (laughs) the tickling I can't do it a tickle fight is just never the way to win anyone over Mm -hmm. specifically the person being tickled like I no thanks Also, Rebecca's like loving this, which I would think if there were one person in the show (laughs) who would hate to be tickled, it would be Rebecca Logan, Mm -hmm. Senator Logan's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And then like very abruptly, Rebecca stands up and she's like, well, this fling is over. Like we said, vacation is over. So we're done. And she was just like having like goo goo eyes at Cappy. Yeah, it's really bizarre how like she chooses that moment to be like, okay, this is it Mm -hmm. right and also like did they not leave campus during winter (laughs) like I think yes I don't think that they did I also feel like the idea is that they both have like bizarre family lives and so that's kind of why they've like or they both live in Ohio yeah I don't think that's well I guess she does maybe it was mostly over text like a <laughs> um, I feel like neither of them went home because remember his parents are like hippies that travel the country in a van and then her dad just doesn't really care about her it seems like so I feel like yeah but know. I would think she would want to go home still we need to see in the reboot like a flashback to this winter break to know exactly what happened because I feel like we're not gonna get that we're not gonna get it for sure until we the didn't reboot. get it yeah until the reboot so then um we cut to this like Greek council meeting basically. So it's all of the presidents of the frats and the sororities all gathered around a table. And Casey goes to take her seat by the hand of the Dean's seat. And um, a tripie is sitting there, the tripie president. And she basically demotes her in front of everybody. And so she ends up sitting down at the far end of the table right across from Cappy. And she is kind of trying to like shake this off like mm-hmm. oh it's like not a huge deal whatever like you can have the seat but she's definitely embarrassed it's embarrassing and the tribe I was trying to embarrass her because it's the same tribe I who keeps cropping up and saying yeah. just to say mean things like she said the thing about Franny so, uh, in the sweetheart competition yeah. that like mean comment and she's just like constantly making mean comments I know. I kind of love her, though, in a weird way. Like, she's so fabulous. Like, she's just, like, I love that she really leans into, like, the attitude she's giving. And, like, I feel like she took, like, that actress took, like, a small part and just, like, she's, like, I'm the star of the show. 
She's yeah, she went full villain and is <laughs> she, living. She plays into it really well. I think um also like the ZBZs need a formidable foe. You know, we've only seen conflict from the inside. It's kind of exciting to start to get it outside of ZBZ and then see them all the sisters have to come together. Yeah. So true. And so then Evan Chambers struts in, he takes the Dean's seat, um, and we find out that he is the proxy running this meeting. He's part of the Greek task force to deal with the fallout. And he clearly loves to be in this position. Um, Like he was literally born for this. And he's going through the way that things are going to change this semester, curfews, ID checks, higher GPA requirements, wristbands for drinking. Um, And it kind of comes like as a blow to most of the presidents, although they definitely knew it was coming. And they're all kind of like still blaming ZBZ. And so Casey tells the council she's willing to take responsibility for the mess. And she has faith they're going to get through it together. And then the tripod is being rude to her. I forget what she says, but it's just not supportive. Yeah. And it's really a time to band together. Well, I think Casey's whole thing is like, yeah, we might have gotten you guys into this, but the only way we're going to get out of it is if like we all participate in this like plan, at least for a little bit. Because yeah. I was saying like the school put together this task force and they've basically come up with this like handbook of ways to like end this like probationary period. Mm-hmm. and the tripod's like biggest complaint she's like why should we have to do this like yeah. we were the ones who wrote this article which she kind of has a point <laughs> I guess but also like technically ZBZ didn't really write it either like Jen K quit I mean it could have happened to any of them but also take it up with the dean then yeah Dean Bowman. Yeah. Alan Ruck, come on. Why wouldn't Dean Bowman show up to this meeting? He's just going to let Ruck. handle it. Any interest in being on the pod? Can you imagine? <laughs> we're Amazing. Like he's like, we like tell him it's a succession podcast. <laughs> and then he comes on and we're like, so tell us about Greek. Like he would want to be on a succession podcast. <laughs> <laughs> succession fan podcast. So tell us about your recurring role on Greek. It could happen. Stranger things have happened. Oh, Erin, did you feel like these were realistic? Because I did. Sororities or fraternities got in trouble. Like, this is how they were punished. They checked GPAs. Yeah, there's, like, a system. (gasps) That's stressful. You would lose your position if you, like, didn't have whatever the chapter average was. Usually it's, like, 3.0 or, like, 2.7 or something. And so if you didn't have that, you would lose your position or you couldn't go to dances or whatever. Yeah, because when we joined our sorority, they were already on probation for something that had happened. Do you remember that? And we didn't have alcohol at our events for a while. Like, I think it's a semester or two. Yeah, as we'll see in upcoming episodes, that does little to sway the actual act of drinking. But if anything, it makes it worse because people are front loading their nights. Yeah. yeah. And it like makes it more fun to like sneak around. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it changed at all. I mean, we were there when we didn't have alcohol at events and when we did, and it was pretty much the same exact scene. Right. So <laughs> Cappy stands up for Casey. So Cappy is like saying like, yeah, we need to band together. And then mm-hmm. Casey pitches the back to school carnival idea to raise money for charity. And that's when Evan says he likes that idea. And Casey is like feeling cute and flirty and like excited that Evan is giving her positive attention. You know, there's still a spark. Totally. And 
Cappy is pretending to be so bored at this meeting that he's fallen asleep on the table. Was he actually asleep? I thought he was legitimately asleep, but I, it also, I both could be very possible. (laughs) It happened within a few seconds. It was a classic Cappy. Yeah. Also the carnival is such a good idea. Like that's so fun. I was like, I want to go to that. I would definitely go to that. Yeah. Cappy was tired from the tickle fight. Uh, Cappy was exhausted after that tickle fight. Also, I know like <laughs> I know like everyone looks really fresh in this in this new um post mid-season finale look, but I feel like Evan in particular, I know like we've had mixed feelings about Evan, but he looks really good. Wow. He, he always looks good. good. This probably was like right after like the Aquamarine premiere. Oh, <laughs> of course. He was, he's been taking his cat on long walks in the sun during his break. I love that she told us, just told us about the cat. Love to find out he was a cat person. I know. It makes a lot of sense, I feel like, in this parasocial relationship we've created. Right. With every character. (laughs) And so then we see Rusty and Dale, they're in line to pick up their textbooks. And Rusty sees the back of somebody's head and he thinks it's Jen K. And he goes up to say Jen K. And it's apparently his friend Jeremy, who just has long hair. And then <laughs> Dale says, This is the third time this morning that you've done this. Completely unhinged behavior. And the fact that he's going up acting upon this nutty jeremy is another capital pledge who his highlights do not look the same as jen's no rusty has a weird thing with jen's hair this episode he's like obsessed it's something tangible that he misses yeah oh yeah we're about to get there with the the strange hair accessory but i'm getting ahead of myself yeah so then basically rusty's just still facing the reality of dumping his first girlfriend I wrote being dumped but he didn't he wasn't dumped he dumped her so and then Dale asks Rusty about he says he heard that Casey is uh, newly single and he asks if she's still a virgin he is in love with this woman I don't even think I think he could overlook it if he found out she wasn't Totally. And Rusty just doesn't reply. I mean, how could he? Yeah. yeah. I feel like Dale would re-virginize her or whatever he did to that one, like, TA. <laughs> yeah, the one guy in his club. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy. It was Yeah, it was the guy from the Purity Pledge Brothers. Um, yeah, that is a weird question. He's like, what happened to her and her beau? I wonder if she's a virgin. He also says that Jen K bewitched Rusty. With that hair. But I'm still rooting for uh, Dale and Rebecca fling. That's, oh that God. is the duo I want to see. I think it would be electric. Yeah. Reboot. So now we see Evan run into Calvin and he confronts him about turning in his pledge pin without telling him and that was on the heels of the all of the frat brothers finding out that Calvin's gay and were handling it very poorly, being very homophobic. And so he apparently never spoke to Evan about it. But also, what do you even say? Yeah, I guess like shoot him attacks. Yeah, I think he was probably just so hurt and also embarrassed by the way that they were behaving, not embarrassed by being gay, but like embarrassed that... Oh they were behaving that way and probably just doesn't want to do it especially after how Ashley reacted right no I meant Evan or unless like did oh Evan should have an text yeah yeah did it seem like Evan had reached out because it 
at first when I saw this, I thought it seemed like they hadn't talked at all and like Evan was waiting to see him in person, but it's kind of like, hey, maybe give him a call. Like you don't know what he could be going through. I don't know. Right. Uh, Evan was busy. He was an Aspen. Oh my God, so true. He was hitting the slopes pretty hard. And he, so Evan is saying like, we're still friends and I want to still be brothers. And he is- yeah Evan clearly cares about Calvin he really values him as a person and his friendship and I think time and time again he proves that his intentions with him are like purely out of a respectful friendship with him and he is basically just saying like give it some thought give him a guy another chance and so Calvin's gonna noodle on that now we're at the Capitol house Rusty's asking Cappy about Rebecca and he says Rebecca who and then Cappy's like, it's just a fling. And Rusty's kind of like trying to plant the seed that maybe like now that Casey's single, they could get together. He's, I, I feel like he's like a kid with divorced parents. Totally. Who wants them to get back together. Yeah. It's cute. But Cappy says, dump me once, shame on you. Dump me seven times. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't want to risk another lunch buffet incident. Oh, God, the lunch buffet episode. The only $200 tab. <laughs> 20 guys for five hours at a strip club. <laughs> and so then we see Casey and Ashley, and they're walking, and Casey is telling Ashley that Evan stood up for her at the meeting, and she's kind of like, you know, they're doing what people do and like thinking of different scenarios she so Ashley says maybe he wants you back which is a very toxic type of conversation a very spiraling path to go down one I have gone down (laughs) plenty of times um just you know throwing anything against the wall see what sticks with a million different scenarios but it kind of gives Casey a little hope she's like maybe he does I love scene I felt like this was Aaron this was like me and you like watching (laughs) like feeding into each other's toxicity times 100 maybe he does want to get together you think (laughs) it was so bad but so good like Ashley tells Casey exactly what she wants to hear at all times (laughs) totally also her Ashley's outfit here is iconic it's like a strange like dress that kind of like it's like a shirt and a dress but then it it, like goes below her chest like it's like almost like there's like a pattern and then it's like a dress that like if she wasn't wearing a shirt underneath it would just like pretty much expose her entire chest I didn't even catch that one. I was I was distracted by the toxic conversation. Didn't catch the toxic outfit. Oh my god! And the toxic pigtails. I mean, they're kind of cute, but it was also like I was watching this afterwards. I was like, do I try out a pigtail? I think we all are really cute. We all could have a pigtail. I like two weeks ago. I wore pigtails twice. Oh my god! Pigtail watch with our lemon drops. Mm. No, Ashley looks really cute in the pigtails. I think, honestly, the pigtails made the outfit work in this scene. I'm becoming kind of numb to the outfits. I think I'm not realizing them so much because I'm desensitized. (laughs) I think I just really noticed this one because then later in another scene, she's like wearing like a juicy tracksuit jacket over the outfit. And I was like, oh God, it's the same outfit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> love a good juicy tracksuit and a, a emerald green one. Uh, I really want one. I think they're still available. I think we should maybe make some merch, some juicy oh sweatsuit merch. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but easy on the was easy on the butt of the velour track pants. Oh my god. god. ABCs of Greek by Juicy Couture. Couture. I feel like Casey's learned from her mistakes because she finally asked Ashley about her own life as well. Yeah. She asked her in the scene, like, have you talked to Calvin? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, And she's saying how much she misses him. And it's sad. Good for Casey. She's like doing, she did some self-exploration. She watched Oprah. Right. And Oprah was like, you have to ask your friends questions about their lives. It can't be about you all the time. Rusty needs to watch that episode. <laughs> he really, really does. So then they are in the ZBZ house and this person, Lizzie, walks in. And she is just a ball of energy. Petite, very petite and just kind of like an atom, just kind of bouncing around. <laughs> um, and she is the national chapter consultant. She's staying until nationals determine that they're back on the straight and narrow which is kind of daunting scary to have somebody just like eyes in the house especially for college students Mm -hmm. when the last thing you want is like a babysitter figure supervision yeah so they kind of just have to take this like they don't have a choice this is the fallout this is the consequence Right, they can't really say anything about it. And Lizzie, you automatically get the vibe that she's just like such a rule follower. Like she does everything with a smile, but she's like, um, so when will we be holding the chapter meeting tonight? And Casey is like immediately thrown. She's like, it's still break. And Lizzie's like, well, three-fourths of the chapter is back in the house. So we have, to have a meeting. We must ha- we must quorum. Yeah. And they're like, quorum. Like they're like, what is quorum? <laughs> yeah I feel like I was like what is quorum I'm right now I'm like what is quorum (laughs) they never call that they never call it that again like they just refer to it as chapter after that so I feel like maybe she just meant like yeah there's enough of a crowd there also fun fact about Lizzie did some IMDB stalking she Mm -hmm. is in home alone she's like one of Kevin McAllister's (gasps) sister oh my gosh wait I know exactly who I yeah wait that's so like with funny. the curly hair, like it's so cute. Like she was like a child actor, and once I once like I immediately IMDb her while I was watching, and then like after I put that together, I could not unsee mm-hmm. her yeah. in her own. She looked kind of familiar. Passes to Kevin. Passes to Kevin. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's not here. Very successful actress. Like it looked like she had been working. Like she's been working up until like this year, like consistently. Oh, cool. And, that really ties in with the whole John Hughes-ness of Greek in general. Oh my God, maybe okay. she'll come on the pod. Lizzie is a big part of this half of the season. And okay, so now they're at chapter and Casey is introducing Lizzie to the girls in the house. Um, and Lizzie's being like so nitpicky about the way that this meeting is going. Like every little detail she wants them by the book and it's very clear that they have been taking a very casual approach to chapter meetings which also I think Jacqueline and I can kind of relate to like we would have formal chapters mm-hmm. and you would like we had to do we had a secret handshake and a password to get into these mm-hmm. what? that we whispered yeah you had to wear all black and <gasps> no one so tights 
I did write this down. Yeah, you had to cover your your tights. tights. Yeah. So it was once a month. And then um, there's this part where Lizzie, like where Casey isn't doing this like call and response part, which is supposed to be like a kind of, I guess, a secret saying or something. They say after, yeah, some kind of ritual chant and she doesn't know it or she's not going to start that. And Lizzie like starts to take notes and like mark it. And then when Casey does it, no one knows it. She's like, oh, it's, it was a long break. That was single-handedly the most real this show has ever been. We Absolutely. had a secret, like several secret handshake words. I'm thinking and of- chance. And chance. And <laughs> there would be five girls that knew it. And everyone else, it would be like, sisterhood, love. Like- no one knew the rest of the words and it was as creepy like this was really mm-hmm. creepy the chant was really creepy and when we were doing that it was actively creepy like we yeah. were all the entire chapter would stand in a huge circle and hold hands and chant. that might be that might be secret information oh <laughs> well we haven't said what maybe we have whatever come for us we haven't disclosed the sorority name that will give us an ap style scandal but yeah there was it was very very similar the weird wording the kind of like everyone is confused except like casey obviously knows it but no one else does it was very very real yeah, it was like a prayer, almost like you're of a church. But it was it was creepy. Like there's like weird words in it, like till death, blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly how these are in like actual sororities. So this was on the nose. And especially when there's like a representative from nationals mm-hmm. in the house. <laughs> that would always be like when somebody was there, it'd be like, oh my God, here we go. What? And they always had something to say. Always had something to say, same kind of thing. The notes, like there would be like mass emails, like make sure you wear that your tights this week. Like, cause you know, people would skirt around the rules similarly, I'm sure. Like you get, you know, used to not actually doing it the way it's supposed to, cause that's exhausting. So when yeah. someone was there observing, it was very serious. The tights I can't get over, like that feels no. so bizarre to me. They're like, you must wear tights. Mm-hmm. I- I could be wrong. I do think that went away by the time we graduated, but I don't know for sure. I think you were a lot like, like fairly recent. I could be wrong, but I think by the end you could have like, you didn't have to wear tights if you weren't wearing pants, but I I don't remember if that was We will go back and go undercover and observe (laughs) and come back and report on it in the AP. Go in as an, under the guise of a nationals agent. (laughs) Yeah, we'll rush the sorority again. I mean, one job I would never want to have is Lizzie's job. Do you think, I mean, I guess they get paid for this, but they're like- College grad. I mean, it seems like a tertiary job. It's, I mean, I think for some people it is. Like there, this is a real job. These people like work for the sorority nationals and they go around to schools that like need their help or chapters that are getting off of the ground. Like maybe they're new or had a hard time recruiting or whatever it may be. And I just cannot imagine doing that. Like you're sent to a random school in Ohio for literally question mark. Like you don't know how long with a bunch of people who don't want you there. Oh, improve like the rules. Yeah. And you're trying to get them to follow more rules. Oh my God. It would be miserable. Seriously. But she seems to be loving it. She's thriving. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's a point where the girls start clapping and Lizzie cuts it off and says, no clapping, just snapping. 
Mm-hmm. And we did use that to snap. <laughs> and we didn't snap. Well, maybe we snapped. But oh, we, we did. When you liked what someone said, oh my God, Thomas, you're going to kick out of this. <gasps> when you liked what someone said, you didn't clap. You didn't like, you didn't snap. You air quoted it. No. Yes. Please, no. So, if, like, if you were like, I'm what? team happy, I would be like, <laughs> Would you look them in the eye or was it just kind of like you did it? No, it was like, in a, it was like in a chapter meeting. Like, you would all be sitting there and like, say someone was giving some impassioned speech about why we had to have like a exchange with the betas. Like if I was like, yes, we must, then I would, I would uh, air quote. Or even just like, if somebody was like, guys, please submit your recipes to Marissa. And then like, she would like (laughs) throw her air quotes up, like clearly little things that like one person really cared about and then because they would like make a huge show like it was uh, dramatic yeah there were definitely girls who were like frequent air quoters frequent air quotes I I loved I loved an ironic air quote (laughs) yeah I that sounds like what I would be doing probably but this is also sounding like dangerously similar to like theater oh I thought you were gonna say (laughs) (laughs) what a cult well both are dangerously close (laughs) theater they're also a dangerous cult but yeah no it sounds like it sounds very performative there was just that episode of sounds like a cult where they did theater they covered oh my god i listened to that one it was really good too real Um, yeah i i thought you might identify with that and so there's they're snapping now and rebecca is staring lizzie right in the eye and she's still clapping and she says my manicurist told me not to snap which obviously not true and lizzie says is your manicurist a zbz and she's just like well then her opinion doesn't matter on this i love this scene this is like my favorite rebecca moment yeah and then when she's when she asks her if her manicurist is zbz rebecca just goes no it's kind of great and you see this side of lizzie where you're like oh she's a little bit like scary yeah she's quick Mm -hmm. she's not tegan level no no she's she's definitely like seemingly all smiley but you can tell that she will like lay down the law if she has to right she's on their side Mm -hmm. it's seemingly yeah oh no no (laughs) i wasn't saying that as like foreshadowing oh okay (laughs) what's going to happen what else does he do this is when casey announces the carnival and she's saying that they're gonna have a kissing booth and lizzie's like no uh 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 uh, uh, uh. but Casey says they have to be um they have to be there because they are the best house and it's time they start acting like it because doesn't Lizzie also say like we shouldn't even do the carnival like we have to focus like on the finances right. which are a mess well, she says the finances right. are a mess and they're so behind on their philanthropy hours <laughs> so I guess that play didn't get them there yeah that tracks <laughs> Not quite. I've never seen a kissing booth in real life. I know. I haven't uh, either. Do they exist? I mean, if they weren't dead already, COVID definitely is not bringing back the kissing booth. But I yeah. would like to see one. There's a lot of lore about a kissing booth. And there's right. like a trilogy on Netflix called The Kissing Booth, right? I, right. I think I've watched like five minutes of that. Jacob Alordi's start. 
<laughs> but guys, if you have been to, seen, or participated in a kissing booth in real life, please let us know. Yeah, S- yeah. Send us your kissing booth stories. Yeah, in an uh, email, please. <laughs> abcsofgreek at gmail.com. We must hear. So back at the Capitao house, chapter meeting is happening, and uh, Cappy's like very disappointed. He's looking through all the rules, but they're talking about the carnival, and they're going to be doing a Yeti pelting booth. Beaver is going to be dressed as the Yeti. And he's like really excited to show them his costume. And then so back to the rules, like they're going through all the changes. And Ben Bennett speaks up and he's really upset that the tripies had to cancel their Karma Sutra mixer, which is like, what? I think like PRU was a lawless place pre-Gen K article. (laughs) It truly was. Yeah. And um, so that was canceled. But Cappy's like, you know, we're up for the challenge. Like we can make it happen still. And then Ben Bennett also tries to blame Rusty because he, for some reason, just kind of hates Rusty, like from the beginning. (laughs) It's like constantly trying to bring him down. And then Cappy's like, no, you know, it's, it's not Rusty. But then he realizes like Rusty's just not there. He's, he's like, he's small. Like everybody look under your chairs. <laughs> he's a little guy. <laughs> yeah. Rusty's not even at the chapter meeting. Uh, we'll find out where he was in a little bit. But first we have a quick Ashley and Calvin moment. Ashley was just shopping. It looks like this is maybe somewhere like, or, you know, on campus or like slightly off campus, kind of like in their little town. And she's carrying a bunch of shopping bags, like filled with like wrapping paper, it looks like. And so when she sees Calvin, she tells him she's left him 110 messages, which is a lot of messages. Mm-hmm. And then Calvin is kind of like filling her in on like all the things that have happened lately, like how he resigned from the house, how the guy he was dating, like he's no longer with. Then he says like, I lost one of my best friends. Um, and she's like, Rusty? He's like, no, it was you, which is really sweet. And that's kind of like their sort of moment where they kind of rekindle their friendship and they sit down. And then, yeah, he just sees it. He like needed some time. So like the break really served him that way. And then (laughs) Ashley's like, I was so upset that I had to go do this shopping. And then Calvin cuts her off and he's like, but then you were excited because of the really hot guy who works at the balloon store. And she's (laughs) like, I love you being gay. And she's like, (laughs) so loud that like a bystander which also like I really hope this wouldn't happen today but like the bystander just glares at them like some homophobic bystander and he's like you know you don't have to out me like wherever we go but (laughs) I feel like Ashley has one volume and it's loud like (sighs) she's incapable of just being like oh this is so fun instead of screamed for everyone to hear in the quad or wherever they are yeah and in Rusty's dorm like Cappy basically barges in he's he catches Rusty just replaying an old voicemail where Jen K like started talking and then it got cut off which is very weird that he's like re-listening to that one maybe it was like maybe it was like one of the last ones he had or something <laughs> so pathetic yeah and Cappy's like you really let us down like you were supposed to be in charge of snacks at chapter and Beaver really could have used those cheeseritos today he makes a comment he says bros and cheeseritos before hoes which i think is insane that he could say that on abc family i know when he was saying that i was actually like is he going to say hoes and then he said it and i was like wow okay he said it yeah interesting line that they've drawn yeah not cappy's finest moment and he's kind of just you know trying to comfort rusty but kind of giving him like tough love he's saying you know like the first cut is the deepest Um, you know maybe you guys can be friends 
no, Rusty says maybe we can be friends. Oh, is like, right. no, you cannot. Which honestly, I think is, I mean, in this situation, probably good advice because Rusty is so like he's he was so obsessed you know yeah and like Cappy makes a good point that when Rusty is saying oh I want to be friends with her again like he doesn't really mean that he's saying that he wants her back like totally it's not that he actually wants a friendship with her on his computer his entire screensaver is Jen K picks yeah like four weeks after he dumped her his screensaver is still Jen K and he's still listening to the voicemails like this is like very unhealthy obsession honestly it's making it really hard to root for Rusty it's like a really off-putting like it's one thing to be sad it's another thing to be like truly obsessed like I think it's pretty clear that Casey is like disappointed with the Evan thing but she's not like making an Evan voodoo doll or something it's just like a whole nother level yeah it's it's honestly like it hurts so bad the first time but Rusty is taking this to like a new level but then Cappy gives Rusty a task for the carnival and he is going to be in charge of the snow machine for the Yeti booth which honestly is crucial because I mean how will anyone know what they're supposed to be doing if there's no snow machine. I felt like the way that Cappy acted about this booth, it was like either everyone knows what a Yeti booth is or they did this every year. Like it was so weird. Yeah, it's it's truly bizarre. Also, I'm really excited when we get there to talk about what Cappy's wearing <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> and so back at ZBZ, Lizzie's giving out all the rules for the kissing booth, which is kind of going against what all the girls want. Firstly, they can't wear any red lipstick and then they have to uphold the values. They also like have to wear very modest outfits. They don't want to be teaching little girls to act like heiresses, which feels like a call out to like the simple life or like- Oh my gosh. That Paris Hilton culture of this era, which is kind of funny too, because I mean, Rebecca, I know she's a politician's daughter, but she does give off major heiress vibes, like the plane Mm -hmm. and the houses and everything. That's like a pretty quick scene. Then we're in the quad where Calvin and Rusty are just like looking at clubs. Like it looks like it's almost like a second semester sort of club fair. I remember my college did one of these, which looking back, it's kind of funny. Like joining a club in college, like looking, it's... It's so nice, but at the same time, you're kind of like, why did I feel like I needed to be like in a club? I know. <laughs> like there was enough going on. Um, <laughs> but basically like Calvin has to pick out a new club because he's no longer going to be in Omega Chi in order for his dad to still pay his tuition, which is just really sad. It's also just once again, a very strange sort of requirement. After all of this too. Well, and Rusty says that. He's like, why would your dad want you to be a part of Omega Chi if they reacted that way? Yeah, it's honestly like the way they described it made it seem like it's, pretty much the most homophobic fraternity on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rusty points that out. He's like, literally any other house on this campus would not have reacted that way. Which we see later. Is yeah. True. Yeah. And then they're looking around at different clubs. They see um, this sign that says Greeks are weak and it's Dale, like he's running the booth and he's starting this club called USAG, which is <laughs> for university students against Greeks. And he says that after seeing Rusty join a frat and how that led to just degradation and heartbreak, like he was inspired to start this club. But then Calvin just tells Dale like flat out that he, he left Greek because they found out he was gay. But then Dale's quickly like, oh, like with a 
you know, intensive vitamin regimen and um, the right types of prayer, like we can quickly fix that. And that's when um, Calvin and Rusty are kind of just like, nope. And they, they walk away. Dale being extremely problematic right off the bat. For a second, you think Dale is like going to be fine with it. And then immediately he goes to like the conversion therapy route. Okay. So then we have this scene. It's a beautiful day in Ohio. Casey is really like emotionally, pensively unpacking and longingly staring at her lavalier. She's like, Red Prius is just like, parked right in front of the ZBC house. She's like unpacking boxes. And then Evan walks by and she kind of gets like a flutter. It seems like her, she gets butterflies and he comes up to her. And she has all these like little kisses on her arm too from like practicing through the kissing booth. (laughs) And so they're kind of like talking, they're having small talk, you know, like about the carnival and like about the booths and like what Omega Kai is gonna do and she you know that's when he comments on the kisses too like doesn't he say something like I always liked that color on you yeah so she like this is very flirtatious and it actually is it it did make my heart break a little bit like I know I don't love Casey and Evan together but it just made me kind of sad like she's hurting yeah and he seems like he is too. Yeah. And he's being really nice here and also looks so good. Yeah. So it's just, I could see that being really difficult for Casey. She had a good fit to be caught by her ex. She looked really cute. That another pigtail. She had these little like yeah. bun pigtails. Fun yeah. moment. And yeah, Evan so looked cute. really good as well. Yeah. So they kind of like leave on these terms of like, maybe I'll see you at the kissing booth. Maybe I won't. You know, it's very. Well, she invites him. She's like, you should stop by our booth. After he compliments the lipstick color she says you should come to the booth and he says like he says okay and she's like to support charity so like it's it seems almost like there might be a chance for rekindling Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems pretty promising at this point. The next scene was the completely caught me off guard. Did not remember this <laughs> oh ever God. happening. Rebecca's in the library in like a full detective trench coat, just like waiting for Cappy in the stacks. Like she makes like this other guy who's like seemingly kind of like a bookworm. Just like, what does she say to him? Something to get him out of the library. I, she has some sort of plan to like get him out of the way. But then like Cappy shows up and they start like, you know, being really like flirty with each other. And he reminds her that vacation isn't actually over because classes haven't started. And then Rebecca like takes off, you know, she slowly takes off a little bit of her coat and she's wearing lingerie underneath. (laughs) And they just start like making out in the stacks. Like, I'm just like, why? I mean, I guess, I think it's probably they kind of get off on this idea of like, sneaking around on campus, you know? But it's like, why? Right. It's really, it's very out of character, it seems, for Rebecca to go to. Or I guess, uh, maybe not. I feel like we're seeing Cappy bring out a more carefree side of her. Like, she's not necessarily against breaking the rules, but she's also not someone who would take a risk of embarrassing herself. So I feel like we're seeing Cappy kind of make her care a little less. Totally. I was going to say, I do like the side of Rebecca that Cappy brings out. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of see that here. Like there is this kind of fun sort of fiery side that like we see a little bit, but she's very buttoned up for most of part one, season one. Yeah. And now she's unbuttoned. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then um, we're back in Rusty and Dale's room. Um, Dale hands Rusty, quote, Jen's hair thing, which it is a (laughs) little bit confusing. It's like, I remember like my sisters, I think my mom had one of these. It was like a ponytail holder with like 
a jewel piece on it. <laughs> I'll ever have those. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but even just looking at this, like it completely makes Rusty spiral. Like this for all we know, like it's very nondescript too. Like it could have been something he just found on the ground. It's like uh-huh. a glorified hair tie. Like it's something that would cost like $5 at CBS. Like it's nothing that you would need really return to you if you want, like you would lose it and be like, oh, that's a bummer. I liked that thing. Or you might not even realize it's gone. Yeah. Right. Jen K, she clearly forgot about it and does not need it back. But Rusty's like, you know, I have to bring this back to her. Like what if her hair is in her face right now and she needs this specific hair tie with like a jewel piece on it. He's clearly going to use this as the excuse to reach out to Jen K. Like when, you know, when you're like, going through it and all you want to do is like text that person or whatever this is what he's going to use as that reason to reach out like you know you he is not going to wait for a major holiday or her birthday to slide back in like he's she forgot her uh her hair thing I feel like this happened to a lot of people like when COVID first struck it was like everybody was texting their ex oh my god cringe and it happens around the holidays I mean tis the damn season right (laughs) (laughs) he has the heart of a Swifty for sure oh my god but he would never admit it but he would like listen and be like this resonates he would be like this is just it's just because it's on the mixtape right I'm kind of surprised Taylor Swift never guest starred on Greek because I feel like she was like at the level of fame at that point where it would have made a lot of sense she was also though like country at this time I feel like oh true at the Omega Chi house Evan is kind of like pitching He's not even pitching a case, really. He's just saying that, like, we need to make Calvin feel welcome so he can come back. But then he realizes that there's actually some, like, tension amongst the brothers of allowing Calvin back in the chapter. It's so gross, but I, and I'm not excusing it at all, but I do think it's a very, like, good look at how these type of guys might respond. Like, this very talk masculinity where they don't think that they're being homophobic. Like they keep saying, we don't have a problem with him being gay, but it's weird if he's here. Like, it's a very interesting look in what I think these men that are in this like very heterosexual space, dealing with the idea of having someone who's gay kind of be in that space with them. And obviously they didn't know for an entire semester and it didn't affect them anyway, but they're clearly in this like very homophobic state of mind and like acting on that. Um, but they don't think so, which I thought was a really interesting way for them to kind of like write this scene because I think that's really realistic. Yeah. Right. It's literal, like phobia. Like they're afraid, like they're afraid yeah. that yeah. if, what if he gets drunk and tries to hit on one of us? Mm-hmm. I think that's what one of them says, but it's like, that's literal homophobia. Yeah but they keep saying they don't have a problem with him being gay it was really interesting so he literally says i'm not homophobic but and then it's followed by the string of like most homophobic comments exactly like they almost feel like okay like i like can deal with someone being gay but that like a gay person could never like the same things i like or like be a part of the same group i'm a part of like they just have a very i don't know like it's clearly homophobic but they have a very like weird way of grappling with it i guess or like convincing themselves that it's not and so that's why like one of the brothers flat out says like a gay frat guy is just weird which is horrifying i mean it was so, so sad 
so upsetting. And like, I also think you do kind of see Evan realize like, oh my gosh, like this is a lot worse than I thought, because I think he just thought that the guys were taken aback or like surprised, you know, because of the way that Ashley told them and that it didn't come from Calvin. But I think he starts to realize like, oh no, they're kind of just jackasses. Yeah, yeah. you see the shift in Evan here. Mm-hmm. And then at KT, we see the complete opposite version of this scenario. Cappy, Wade, and Beaver are all gathered around the pool table and Heath approaches them and he tells those guys that he is gay and they don't care. He's like, I have something to tell you and they get kind of like tense. And then he says, I'm gay. And they're relieved because they thought that he found out that Beaver hit on his 15 year old sister, which is just like also (laughs) problematic in a completely different way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At the parents weekend, we didn't get to see. I know. So that was nice though. It is nice to see that like there are, as Rusty said, there are fraternities on campus that would not care at all. So it's clear that it's specific to Omega Chi, this like rampant homophobia. So Rusty has caved. He shows up at Jen K's room and he knocks on the door and she opens it. She also has some fresh highlights and she says she thought he was the Chinese food. And he's like, no, but I found, you know, this hair thing and I just like had to return it to you. And she is about to take it from him. And then someone in the room calls out for her and it's a guy's voice and Rusty is shaken. Like he is so upset. He doesn't hide it at all. He can't believe she had someone in her, in her room. And he like, he says like you moved on or whatever. And she just keeps saying like, you broke up with me. Like, what was I supposed to do? And I thought we were over. Right it becomes very clear that she was not sitting in her room listening to voicemails. Oh, totally. She's like completely moved on, which honestly, like good for her. Yeah, healthy. Yeah, good for her. And, and not to say that like four weeks is, you know, whatever. It, it's not even to say that Rusty should have had a new girlfriend, but like he's, mm-hmm. as we've said, taking this to an obsessive level. Yeah, and they were only dating for like, you know, maybe a month tops. So she's like, okay, can I have the hair tie back? And he says, no. And then he walks down the hall and throws it in the trash. He doesn't just say no. He says, no, your stupid hair can hang in your stupid (laughs) face for all I care. Nice. Mean, like in true Rusty fashion, like pre-Rusty, pre-Justy or Ren K, like remember (laughs) when he was so mean to her? Yeah, yeah. right back to it. It's all about how someone can serve him. And if they're not serving his interests, then he's just like not very nice to them, to be honest. He's very immature, as we've talked mm-hmm. about. So then we get a wide pan of the carnival, which looks so fun. I would I would tear up that carnival. It looked like a great time. So and fun that the plain YTs arrive. They are rocking out on the big stage at the carnival. We see the ZBZ kissing booth. It's bleak. Uh, they do look like Breaking Amish. Actually, they look a little more buttoned up than the cast of Breaking Amish. They look yeah. like American girl dolls. <laughs> yes. yes. Kirsten. Like they look, they're very Kirsten. Like the yeah. same He's giving full Kit Kitridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we see the KT booth and it's really cool. It's like all yetied out and Cappy is in his, what is it called? Is it Lederhosen? What, what Lederho- is that? Yeah, I think it's Lederhosen. I only know that from being in The Sound of Music twice, but yeah. <laughs> I wore a similar one. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's later Hosen or Oktoberfest. I feel like that was really popular for people oh, yeah. studied abroad. Everyone who went abroad and like Bond came back with them. Um, <laughs> I have I have a Durndal, I'll be honest. Oh, was that what it, oh, is that the same thing or is it different? It's the like girl garb. Okay. okay. They have a really cool booth, but they don't have any snow because Rusty hasn't shown up yet with the snow machine. And then the tripods also have a kissing booth. And like they're like uh zbz's are kind of surmising like about how they're never going to get anyone to come to their booth dressed like that and casey's like the outfits aren't the problem we're being intentionally shunned and then casey confesses to i think it's to ashley she's like an olsen twin size part of me wants to talk to Evan. <laughs> which i love, love that line <laughs> really good and then wade is talking to cappy and he's like we gotta let somebody else throw we I gotta let people throw something at beaver if it's not gonna be snow like everyone's getting restless he pitches the idea of throwing rocks um which cappy thankfully shuts down and then rusty shows up and he doesn't have the snow machine because he was pining for too long and he had to go see jen k and the store closed but he does have Cheeseritos, which uh, Beaver takes and has to try to open in his Yeti Claw. Like, <laughs> Yeti Claw. And Ben Bennett saves the day on this one. Ben Bennett is like, I have an idea. And then we see the KTs change their booth from like pelting the Yeti to Yeti Wars, where people willingly fight Beaver. He's a big guy. He's gargantuan. Truly but I could see that being like a carnival attraction. Mm -hmm. I guess I would not be getting in the ring. (laughs) Uh, Really? (laughs) And then we see a new ZBZ pledge who is a Franny apologist. She's like, this would never have happened under Franny. She's talking to, I think Rebecca. This would never happen under Franny. She would never have let this happen. But she also is like spreading a rumor that Franny dropped out of school and put on a bunch of weight and now is at a fat camp in Ohio in Wisconsin oh and by the way she says gained like 30 pounds if Franny gained 30 pounds she would still be quite thin she would not be at fat camp and they act like saying Wisconsin like it's the worst place in the world this show takes place in Ohio right yeah, I know. I felt bad for Fanny in this moment. I was like, I, I know. Her. Well, this pledge is also is played by the actress who played Adriana in the 90210 reboot. And she was also mm-hmm. quite spicy in that reboot. She had some very villainous moments. Is that the reboot um, where they did Spring Awakening? I, I have like- no idea. I watched it so long ago, but it has, oh my God, you know who else is in this? Is um, our spookiest Maxinista. <gasps> She was in the 90210 re- reboot, Naomi. Oh and her and Adriana, I think they hated each other, I'm pretty sure. I think they were foes. IRL. Maybe we can get them both on the pod. Would love. So then Dale, oh my God, this really gave me like chills. Oh. Dale shows up at the kissing. Even Lizzie is thrown by this. Dale shows up at the kissing booth and he says he came to the carnival on business for USAG. But there's always room for pleasure. And he's going to kiss Casey. Casey is horrified. Lizzie is also horrified. Like she's watching, like no one who's seeing this happen is like, you can't be supportive of it. It's mortifying to look at. And also like Dale, it's so, it's scary. (laughs) 
he takes off his glasses in preparation, which is really yeah. like makes it so much worse. And then he takes out breath spray and he accidentally sprays himself in the eyes and has to leave to find the medical tent. I was so relieved that we didn't have to like watch that kiss. Yeah, I mean, like the cart rights are already down bad. You can't have Casey kissing Dale. Now it would be it would be too much. So he leaves and then the plain white tees kind of slow down the mood. They're bringing the vibe down. Rebecca is staring at Cappy from afar. Wade looks over at the ZBZ booth and then tells Cappy he's like, they're getting served by TriPi, which like, I kind of love that Wade did this. Good looking out, Wade. Yeah. Um, I think it's fairly obvious to everyone that like ZBZs are social pariahs or as uh, Casey would say, social piranhas. And Casey is starting to pack up the booth. She's like, we got to just say that we lost this battle. It's time to focus on winning the war. Lizzie says, uh, line up girls. We have customers. And it's all of the KTs. So cute. Up to like give them all kisses. And I thought that was really sweet. It was, and they were all just like very respectful, like a little peck. And then Cappy is about to kiss Rebecca when Beaver the Yeti pushes him out of the way. And kisses her instead. And she's so disappointed. (laughs) So disappointed. But then when Cappy gets back in line, the last person there is Casey. And so they kiss. And Rebecca sees it and runs away. And Cappy goes to chase after her. And when Cappy leaves behind him is Evan. And Evan has seen the kiss, which is like the worst thing that Evan could see, right? Like they basically broke up because he found out that she cheated on him with Cappy again. And it's just like, you just see something in Evan like switch. Oh, totally. He walks up to Casey and he asks, like you, she's so excited for this interaction, you know, because she's been waiting all night to talk to him. And he just goes like, I need, like he wants his lavalier back from her. And um, he also says that Omega Chi is stripping her of her sweetheart title. Oh, it's so icky. Says you understand keeping up appearances, right? (gasps) He publicly humiliates Casey. Yeah. Just when I was starting to like Evan. I know it was so mean. It was so mean. And I will say, I do feel like, I mean, we'll get to it after, but like, I do think that we have seen a change in Evan. Whereas like first episode pilot, Evan wouldn't have cared that he did this and like made like such a, you know, fool of her in public or was so mean to her in public but I think now he really does have some like regret and I think he isn't happy that he did that but oof, it was horrible to watch mm-hmm. truly Rebecca is like angrily marching like away from the carnival still dressed as Kit <laughs> and uh, Happy is like he texts her and he tells her to wait and then he comes like breathlessly running after her and he's like you know I just want to tell you even if it doesn't matter even if we're not like seeing each other anymore that I'm not seeing Casey that we're completely over her and Rebecca seems very relieved to have this information Calvin walks into Dobbler's and he sees a very depressed Evan at the bar which again glad to see Evan upset that he acted that way um it's a step and he tells Calvin that he's trying to figure out if he's a fool or a jerk so mm-hmm. like I said good to know he has a conscience 
And Calvin says, you can't judge someone based on one mistake that they made. And he says he thinks he did that with the Omega Chi's. But then Evan has to kind of break it to him. Like, maybe he didn't. And that these guys are kind of like assholes. He, he tells Calvin he, it's going to take more time than he thought to convince the Omega Chi's. And so then Calvin says that they'll just hang out as friends for now. Uh, really sad. I, I felt like Evan didn't realize how devastating that would feel like in his delivery, like that's so sad. And Calvin is so disappointed because he spent the episode kind of like missing the Omega Kai's and yeah. And I think Evan accidentally really got his hopes up because I, I do think that it was genuine that Evan didn't think that the problem the brothers had was that Calvin was gay. Like I think right. he thought it was more of like an Ashley thing where he, they, he, they were upset that Calvin kept something from him, but it's yeah. clear that their problem is with him being gay. Mm-hmm. yeah and he missed so much like he didn't even get to participate in the carnival which is sad and he can't join you sag <laughs> Darn. there's nothing to do yeah i thought that was really sad but also it is sweet that evan and calvin can like still you know be friends i think evan is a really good friend to calvin despite his other shortcomings so then at zbz casey is in her room kind of like sulking a bit and lizzie barges in Oh, well, Casey is looking at the lavalier again. She's It's basically her version of playing Jen's voicemail a million times. She's like longingly staring at the lavalier because she has to give it back. And Lizzie comes in and she's like, I know, I know that whole ordeal was hard for you. Like I know seeing that the ZBZs have clearly fallen from grace was really difficult, but like it's trying to get down to business kind of thing. She gives Casey all of these financial documents. It seems like Franny just like never paid a bill. Yeah. Or like didn't make people pay dues or something. Like their finances are apparently in complete shambles. And Lizzie says like, I am looking out for you. I don't want Tegan to unappoint you. So you get the idea that Lizzie isn't trying to like make them lose their chart or anything. She does want to help, but she's very serious. And so then Lizzie says like, oh, by the way, there's a boy waiting downstairs. And Casey goes down there. I think she's like half expecting either the Omega Chi pledge or to pick up her the lavalier or maybe even Evan, but it's Rusty. And he says he knows what happened at the carnival. And he's quick to brush by that mm-hmm. and tell her that he also saw Jen. And Casey's like, you need to stop talking about Jen K because talking about Jen K to me is like talking about Satan in front of Dale. (laughs) (laughs) I love that analogy. Yeah. I loved that moment. Thank you, Casey. Finally drawing a boundary. Like, you don't care about what happened to Casey. You care about yourself and what happened to you. Casey then does admit that she's really not over Evan um, and that, you know, Rusty was right when he was like, I don't understand how you're over it so quickly. And Rusty says that he's not over Jen Kay, and they say that they both miss their Satans. Mm-hmm. And it's a very cute, like, sad puppy fam moment. Like, they're really, like, puppy dogizing here. I know. Slouched on the stairs. The Cartwrights end this episode just, like, they're not in a good place. Mm-mm. Yeah. They really can only go up from here. So it's like, okay, good thing we're only mid-season. Yeah, second semester, it's a rebuilding semester. The team's down bad. They got to get some new players in there. 
it's January. The weather is so bad in Ohio. It's only like 80 degrees and sunny. Right. They're all struggling with seasonal affective disorder. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think it was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It tees it up for a good season or a good second yeah, half of the season. I'm excited to see ends with Lizzie. Totally. Yeah. Um, winners and losers. I think the winner might be Rebecca. She's yeah. kind of bringing this new flame. Seems like she holds a lot of power in this relationship with Cappy. Like he's really into her, seemingly, which I think could be like you know make her. She's a confident person, but I think that like we said her personality isn't exactly well-rounded so I think it might bring out a different side of her I don't know pretty good showing for her aside from their little tiff at the kissing booth but it ended well for her yeah I agree I think this is a really good episode for Rebecca and I also just love the moment where she claps after being told to snap like that still is my favorite moment of the show thus far. My winner is Ashley Mm. I'm glad that she's back on good terms with Calvin she had a very low um friction episode mm-hmm. i think she she had a good showing yeah it also seems like ashley's moving on from travis did you guys get that vibe because doesn't she say totally. something like imagine if me and travis tried to be friends yeah well yeah but yeah seems like she's forgotten about travis you're right that was and i'm just so happy that they're not fighting anymore i know calvin still has other stuff going on but so like such a relief to know that ashley and him are not beefing. Yeah, I love that friendship. Love it. Uh, losers, I'd say Evan. I really, that ending part at the carnival, it was mm-hmm. so brutal. And I don't, again, like it was so mean, but it almost came, it came from a place of hurt, which is so, like harder to watch almost. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would say Evan, I just think like he, his need to publicly shame and embarrass Casey was so unnecessary and also just like completely out of a state of jealousy and pride. And like also maybe queer coding with Cappy. (laughs) Well, it just also shows that we've talked about this before that Casey to him really is like, I do think he had love for her, but it's like property that he fights over with Cappy. Yeah, it's like if he isn't winning that competition, he acts like a child. Right. Yeah, he like throws a fit. It's gross. Also, Rusty, it's pretty hard to not say it was a loser. This episode. Yeah, I think I might have to go with Casey just because mm-hmm. she like, it doesn't seem like she can do anything right Mm-mm. in this episode. And that was so humiliating for her. And she's just down bad. Mm-hmm. Casey girl. Yeah, she created at every turn. Yeah, I'd say maybe honorable mention for winner is Jen K for finding a new man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Girl bounces back quick. Maybe he was on the um, newspaper staff. Ooh. Oh, my God, I bet he was. And I bet they, what if they were secretly together that entire time? Oh, that would be Scandal. <gasps> Reboot. I don't think that's possible solely because her and Rusty spent every waking minute together. I don't know when she would pencil it in, but she's a multitasking queen. So, well, that was a great episode, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for (laughs) joining us down this Bon Rom. Bon Rom. Bye. Bye.